Hello, investors, and welcome to our podcast for this week. My name is Everson. I'll be your host. With me, I have investors Max and Patrick. And today, we had this last week, we had such a crazy week. I do want to start off the show by saying that uh, all of the topics of conversations that you hear from us today, just take it as an entertainment purposes only. Do understand that invest, investing in the stock market or in any markets for that matter is a risk and could cost all or some of your profitability or investable income. With that being said, what did you guys think about the market this last past week? I mean, I, we had a couple of updates. We had really good updates. I think I was trading in at, uh, you know, good 200 to $2,000 per day on just market moves. And then we had Friday, Thursday and Friday that came along and it's like we got hit by a Mack truck. What's your, what's your take, Patrick? What do you, what do you think about the, you, you know, the, the economy, what's been going on? Well, I thought it was really interesting. Max really predicted accurately about the mm. spy at 287 and how it had to break one way or another. And it jumped up pretty quickly. But then, as we've talked many times before, it ran out of steel, steam. I believe that um, like the, all of the good news have been priced in. Uh, now the speculation has gone on and now we're slowly coming back to reality. And we'll talk about it during the show, but like there's more bad news that are going to keep coming. Earnings aren't that great. Um, right. So that's what struck me the most is the week started off really strong. People had fear of missing out. They wanted to pile on to stocks. But then as a week went on, that lost off its momentum. And now we might be starting momentum the other way. Well, you were saying that earnings weren't looking too great, but on I think it was on Wednesday, we had a lot of companies that are producing really well with earnings. Uh, what what do you think that was? I mean, so, we had a lot of companies that did well. Yeah, so for example, earnings. Facebook did pretty well. Um, right. But a lot of the tech stocks are doing great while people are staying at home. But um, what I was reading is that a lot of the analysts, because of the coronavirus, the, the Roni Rona, had to really, really lower expectations, very, very low, because everyone expected that, you know, the quarter would be bad, making it easier for companies to beat expectations. Um, So they beat it, but, you know, slightly, not as they would have previous years. So it's kind of misleading a little bit. That makes a little sense, Um, a lot of sense, rather. Um, And I know that you know, you had companies that still beat expectations and regardless of them beating expectations, you know, as you folks have known from and our listeners also, I was an investor. I am an investor of American Express. And, you know, even they had to change their platform because although they did beat ex- earnings expectations, you still had a revenue balance that was decreased. So a lot of companies making good on earnings. Not a lot of them making good on their revenue. What do you think, Max, moving into this economy? What did you see that was going on over the week? Well, I think uh, we, we talked about that upwards channel, and, and we were at a point where we had to make a decision, and we decided to pop above that resistance. But what's really interesting and what I'm looking at is that on uh, on Tuesday, it was a very bearish candle, almost saying like, look, we don't belong at these levels. You know, let's right. retrace and come back. 
and then for some reason Wednesday popped up. But again, you you know you're you're kind of reverting back to the mean, going below the resistance. Like, look, we're not at this level, and you're hearing CEOs saying like, look, my stock's not worth this. Absolutely. Price yet. So yeah. I think uh, we as uh, on Friday, you have this big bearish candle with this huge wick above it. So I'm trying to explain it for people listening on the podcast. Uh, that's that's pretty bearish. Again, you know, it's going back below the resistance, back below the ceiling, and saying like, uh, you know, I think we're actually going down. And, and what happened on that candle, and it's very important, more than the way it looks, um, it's actually broken the floor of the upwards channel. So we are now outside of that channel. We are below it. And if you want to get a little bit more bearish, the uh, the fast moving average on the hourly chart for the spot SPY has actually crossed below the slow moving average, and that means we're going into a, a bit of a bearish trend. Is this the exact same uh, the the perfect point to actually get in on shorting position and buying some puts? I don't think so because I do think uh, it's going to come back up a little bit. It won't get quite back at the same levels as uh, April 29th, but it will retrace a little bit. So if you guys are very well versed with Fibonacci retracements, it'd be a very good tool to put that, measure that retracement and get back in uh, in bearish mode. That's what I'm seeing right now. The Across the country, states are trying to open up. Uh, you know, a lot of people are tired of singing, sitting at home and uh, for better or for worse, the economy is opening back up. So now you have people that believe like, all right, the economy is opening back up. This is going to be a great time to start buying into the stock market. But the opposite is true. A lot of people in the country feel like opening up right now is just going to make it easier for the virus to spread around. So you have this conflicting um, difference in, the, in mindset right now and I think the bears are actually stronger right now. That's what I'm seeing in the market. And what was interesting is you guys know that I'm, I'm into silver. Uh, that bearish mentality affected silver and gold tremendously, which, uh, again, right now people are using gold and silver just as cash. So some people were using it to cover some of their positions. Well, I'm looking at – I want to go back to what you were talking about um, just so our viewing audience can uh, – get a little more of a perspective on it. Amazon CEO tells investors, you may want to take a seat as he explains why the company will spend its entire its entirety of $4 billion in profit. So that is not something you want to hear from your CEO or other company that you're investing in. Also, uh, Apple, a CEO, has also talked about uh, maybe the same not exactly paraphrased, but the same backseat mentality, and as well as Tesla. So you had three major companies in the U.S. that has talked about their stock being either too high or why you should not invest. What, what do you, uh, Patrick, what do you think that is? Well, I mean, we talked about it several times, um, you know, like going back to Tesla as usual. I mean, we said many times that it was too expensive. Obviously, the way Elon does it is always unconventional. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But, yeah. I mean, it's what we said many, many times. Right now, I'm almost using Tesla as an indicator of how much speculation there is in the market. Because at seven, $800, it, it's too expensive. 
And now you have the CEO that tells us, and I feel a little vindicated, honestly, but it doesn't mean it's a bad company in every aspect, but kind of like you were saying, it's every CEO says there's a lot of uncertainty ahead. It's too early to declare victory. And a lot of people say V-shaped recovery. Well, looking at the stock market, it looks that way last week. A lot but, of stocks, yeah. Yeah, a lot but, of stocks had that V-shaped recovery. But you have to be really cautious about it. It's not right. it's not a done thing. Like I think that the stock market is a little bit ahead of where the economy really is. Right. Well, the market's always trying to it, the market's always two or three months ahead, right? So that's why it's ahead of the market. But is it right? Is it correct? So they they've actually reported uh, on a lot of the news media's uh, or news outlets that I, I've seen. They have said that this would probably be more of a U-shaped recovery. Um, I think that it should be a U-shaped recovery. I don't think that it should be a V-shaped recovery. But like Patrick was saying. It, it does awfully, if you look at any stock charts, uh, it does awfully look like a recovery. Um, and I, I think maybe this is, there's a bigger picture. And that's why these CEOs, I mean, it, let's face it, Tesla at book value does not look like, it, it does not look pretty. I mean, from where it's sitting now, that's a huge decline. So for Elon Musk to be really, you know, talking about his company in that fashion, should it go to book value? That's billions of dollars that he would, you know, incur a loss on on his on his company. So, I I think there is a bigger picture ahead, and I think he he has confidence in knowing his company, and his the future technology that it's it's not going to be affected too much. Maybe say ten to twenty percent. I know I, I mentioned this because this is all of this because these are top stories right in our um, U.S. market news, and here's our notorious. Uh, maybe <laughs> this is a fire truck today. Not an ambulance, <laughs> but uh, forgive me Pushing if it gets up too loud. Us. I know, and, and the fire trucks are the worst because they, they're the loudest. But work from home, so we got to record from home. I don't have an office space to be recording in. Let's well, just give so, it a second. <laughs> so you were talking about, um, you know, kind of like a round bottom, and that's you know that's a, that's a stronger signal. But looking yeah. at how much volatility is in the market. I think we're headed more towards a, bo a double bottom mm -hmm. um, because we've already shown that we are not rounding a bottom right now. We're either going to go to the to the sky or we're crashing back down. And right. looking at the way the charts are, since I, I think we're pretty bearish now, double bottom is probably going to be our strongest signal to come back up. So are so you are you are you calling the dead cat bounce then? Uh. So dead cat bounce would mean that that second bottom will just flatten out. I'm saying it will actually bounce uh, on that second touch. Just remember, as I mentioned last week, all of the predictive models from the previous recessions called for a low mid-June. So we'll see mm -hmm. if we manage to do that. But, I mean, now it looks like we're going back down a little bit. So you right. never know. I mean, is history well, going is to repeat itself? But this is something that's always happened. As you know, the old saying that sell in May and go away, we've all heard that before, I think. And is this just a warning sign for stock investors? Here's another topic in the U.S. market news that uh, was spoken of. The stock market rally went, uh, went too far, too fast. 
expecting a decline before price rise rises again. Uh, how much do you think that it goes down from here? I mean, we have we broken support levels, Max? Yeah, so we definitely broke that that support that we had that w that was helping us uh, on that upwards uh, trend. So now that we don't have that floor, we're gonna have to find a new floor somewhere. Right. Um, off the top of my head, we're probably looking at a floor around 273, maybe a little bit lower than that. That would be our first possible floor. And you're looking at the uh, SPY? Yes, uh, SPY for the home gamers. So anytime Max is talking about charts or he's, he's uh, mentioning about a uh, support level or resistance and he's mentioning a number, it's usually on the SPY. He likes to base it off the indexes. Um, although SPY is an investable ETF, um, you can get in, involved in, in, in it. It's uh, modeling the S&P 500. Or is it S&P 500 or just the standard in fours? It is the 500. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 100 is a little too small. 500 is uh, good enough. And then if you're looking at the Russell, the Russell is always delayed. Um, and then too many small businesses in it. I wanted to talk about real quickly, uh, you know, for some of those listeners, maybe that you're at the age of retirement and you're looking for maybe retirement in the next uh, know, five to 10 years what, or maybe even 20 years. What's something that and this is an open floor for any any one of us. Uh, wh what do you think is a good investment moving forward from here? I mean, actually, you know what? We'll start off with you, Patrick. Uh, what's the sentiment of society? I mean. You know, after this virus, how, how has it changed behavior and what do you think consumer spending is going to look like moving forward? Wow, that's a very speculative question because uh, go you know, for it. <laughs> I, I'll, try to, I'll steal Max's crystal ball and try to make a prediction. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, depends if, as you were talking about uh, people looking for retirement. So if you're thinking of a 10 year length of time it's very different short term we already see that spending is way down um mm -hmm. 7.5 percent in april so that's pretty low uh, you know the u.s economy is mostly consumer spending like 70 percent i believe don't quote me maybe i'm wrong but so <laughs> you know a big drop like that is going to affect uh, a lot of businesses and a lot of it is reallocated in concentrated in some business like the Costco's Walmart's um, right. Target Amazon as you like to talk about uh, right so but a lot of the other companies aren't getting any of that money so short term feels like there's a big concentration of money into some companies like tech uh, a lot of the gaming companies are doing really well right but if you're talking I long why. Term, yeah i don't know why <laughs> but if you're thinking on a 10-year basis that's a little bit different uh now we have to think about after the rony rona and then <laughs> like i like the the most the thing that comes to my mind the most is business travel and business in general um i feel like the REITs are going to be affected more than the commercial real estate REITs mostly. A lot of the companies are going to feel like, why are we renting so much space when 
we've seen during the pandemic that we can have a lot, have a lot of people working from home. Uh, why are we spending so much money on business travel when we can just do a Zoom conference call? So that's the main thing that I see changing in the next few years. Um, I would, you know, I don't really like to look for companies that are profiting only in this environment, but I think that's a trend that's going to last past the crisis. I don't know if you guys agree with me. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think uh, corporate real estate is going to definitely get hurt in the foreseeable future. So just, just because... Let, just let me give you a quick, quick example just to clarify what I meant. So by crisis investing, I meant, for example, if you're going for 3M because they sell masks, well, in two years when masks aren't trendy, that's not going to be a factor. So that to me, that's crisis investing. I'm talking right. about more longer trends. Go ahead, Max. Sorry. No, I was just agreeing with you and then kind of expanding that that um, corporate real estate is definitely going to get hurt. I mean, you're right. It, it's going to cut down businesses' expenses to have that overhead. It's proven now that you can have business uh, remote. Uh, I mean, deals, instead of being done on the golf course now or in an office, it's done over a Zoom call. I mean, mm -hmm. thousands of dollars. I've experienced it going with uh, with solar sales. Uh, you know, having a transaction of thousands of dollars over a Zoom call. Things are changing. Zoom just got hit by Facebook announcing, uh, Facebook CEO announcing that they were going to release a video platform that allows uh, for individuals to be able to do almost exactly, if not exactly like what Zoom is doing. It's reflected in the stock. They took a hit, I think over 5% hit. Um, right after the news was announced, um, but li literally, that's the that's the move of the future. Facebook is kind of like your it's kind of like your Amazon, where they have so much money that if they wanted to get into something, it does affect the the platform for uh, other companies. So you could see that happening. Um, perfect segue. We started to talk about uh, commercial real estates. I wanted to turn a topic over to. Uh, residential real estates now it, it was a question what whether our mortgage bubble was in a crisis do you back in 2008 you know as some of you may have already known it was the financial markets that got into trouble uh, so your financial institutions alongside with the the mortgage crisis those were the two bubbles that got affected back in 2008. Are we seeing a reoccurrence of that 2008? And I mean, does the does the chart show it? Does it does the sentiment of society show it? Are we heading into not only maybe a recession, but are we looking forward to a, de a depression at this point? Um, I can go with I you, don't Max. I think so. Uh, I mean, if you so. Anytime you have a depression, it's usually based on lending bubble. And if you go back to the Great Depression, the big but isn't our lending bubble being jeopardized right now with the equity line of credit? They're not extending equity line of credits. Um, you you got so, a slowdown. So they're they're not you know they're going to slow down their lending, but they're actually going to be very cooperative in terms of working with current uh, borrowers. 
And so, you know, you can go online and you'll find a list of all the banks that are working with their customers in terms of how. So initially what banks were talking about was just to not charge them for about three to four months for their mortgage. And and, uh, basically on the fourth month, the customers would have to pay four months worth of mortgages. And that was the initial thought. Uh, but it was met with resistance because if you if people aren't working, they can't make a payment today. How are they going to make four payments tomorrow? And so now that's actually transitioned into a more feasible way where they would eliminate the first three months or four months, depending on the bank, and they were going to reallocate it to the back of the mortgage. Now, mm-hmm. the bank is taking a big of a hit because they are giving you uh, the three most expensive months that you're going to pay because of the value of the dollar today is stronger than it will be in 30 years, 25 years. So they're discounting the three most expensive months and they're going to put uh, the three months that they're charging you in the back end are going to be the cheapest. Now that's their way of actually taking a bit of a hit. Um, and so there it's, it's going to help a lot of borrowers. That's why I don't think that the, the mortgage bubble is going to pop. If you want to compare what our current scenario and our future is compared to the uh, 2008 crisis or the Great Depression. The Great Depression, you had all those dust bowls during the Great Plains. The farmers couldn't make their payments because they, their, their right. farms weren't producing, so they couldn't make the payments on their tractor loans. And that's where that Great Depression started. Um, and so the Great uh, the um, Great Recession in 2008 you had something similar, and that was leverage based on uh, basically selling, uh, what was it, uh, bad debt and labeling it as right. a better investment. Um, right. So from what I can see right now, I'm not saying that things are going to be perfect moving on, but I don't see a mortgage bubble popping. The, the loan bubble that I could see popping would be um, the car industry. Uh, right. Before the virus hit, um, the average borrower was three months behind on their payment. Now you're going through, what, three months of virus? So some people might actually be five or six months. I like where you were going with the car industry because, as we talked about on the last show, you know, one of your biggest challenges moving forward, especially with the future technology and the uh, automation driving, companies all car companies are not profitable moving into electric car technology. And with that being said, they're putting in billions of dollars to start up this infrastructure because to, to be able to get lending or credit line extended from banks to be able to you know, create future technology that they have no existence of with the battery and everything. As we said before in one of our previous episodes, Tesla was the was the one company that was farther along in its technology with its battery to be able to prove itself. But it we we are led to with companies like Ford, with GM, and and all of the other companies to be able to look at the the best breed of companies that's already created that battery technology and either do a buyout. But how do you do a buyout when you don't have that credit extended to them? And how do you wow. get the credit if you have no profitability? And so you're right about that, where you have these car companies that are just struggling to be able to make ends meet. And so they they might as well, they, you could be right about that. We, we lose the car companies. But then again, it's, does that play? I think that plays into the, the consumer's um, benefit, right? I mean, this could be a car to, 
it just seems to be a time to buy a car. <laughs> Why not? You could buy it. You could be a. You could buy a gas car for pennies on the dollar right now. Yeah, they're sending because out you, a lot of ads right now with very attractive offers. Let's just say. Right. I'm gonna so, buy a car. I'll tell you. <laughs> the the consumer can benefit from from it if they're in a stable situation right now because right. like I was talking True. about, who knows? Maybe the average consumers three four months behind there's no way they can get a new car absolutely absolutely and, and also and if they do a trade-in if they do a trade-in used cars are depressing right now so right right unless you have or unless you belong in a state that looks at like say for instance in the state of hawaii people love their trucks people love their tacomas so if you have a tacoma and you have it for sale it's it's gonna trade for a lot higher because you can sell it on the outside market for a good price. I, I mean, we're talking about thousand dollars, uh, thousands of dollars over blue book allowed value. Uh, so that's actually happened. Um, and and so, I mean, it all depends, right? I mean, it, it's the it, it's the eyes of the beholder, I think, in in that sense. Um, did you want to touch base on anything? about this patrick either the yeah, uh, real credit quick. lending um, or yeah as far as ahead. i know the banks right now are actually overloaded with applications not only for refinances because the interest rate are almost nil but also Absolutely. for that uh all of the stimulus money you know uh corporations and businesses are applying so that's one of the reasons why they're not all taking new applications right now so that's one of the things and also with the government uh buying all sorts of bad debt i think that the uh the financial institutions are actually in a pretty good spot for the future as long as eventually the interest rates uh, go back up right now they're looking at prepayments that's one of the things that they don't want for too many people to prepay because since they buy like these big mortgage-backed securities that are like long term if everyone prepays well that's a lot less interest um but with that said on the flip side since a lot of people are in trouble right now you know with unemployment and everything that kind of counteracts the number of people that would want that would be able to prepay in a normal situation with a low interest so right. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out but i think that the financial institutions are in a pretty good sp uh, spot right now because of those factors i hear that they also had created an insurance for pandemics now uh, and that's, that's actually a real thing so insurance companies profiting off of uh, these type of pandemics i wanted well, to um, i wanted to just Go back to clarify, because I, I don't know if it was fully answered, and I don't know if I gave Maxi the chance to be able to answer this uh, question. But uh, I asked Patrick earlier about the, you know, five to 10, maybe 20 years looking forward for those who are thinking about retiring. Um, you know, you got cash, you got gold and silver, you got bonds, you got the stock market still. For those who are, who are retiring, what do you think that they should be in? Uh, I mean, is I mean I know you're a big uh, buyer of silver. Uh, yeah, not a secret about that. Do you stay nope. in silver? Do you move? Do you move into cash? Do you go to bonds? I know the treasury so, bonds do really well when the market goes down. So yeah, I would not go into cash right now because you're going to lose value very quickly, especially when all this uh, printing catches up with the dollar. But wouldn't uh, if, it be if, safer to do that, to stay in cash rather than just ride out the market? 
I mean, granted that if you have an impressive dividend, wouldn't it just make sense for you to, to stay in cash instead of losing 10 to 20%? No, I'd rather just go if I would never go into uh, cash, I would go into more silver gold positions. Uh, but if I'm thinking about retiring, you should definitely have an exposure of about 10, 15% into gold or silver in your account. Um, me, I'm actually a lot higher than that, much higher than that. But if I'm thinking about retirement, I'm going to go with some pretty good companies that uh, uh, utilities that have a good dividend. Um, and the reason why the utilities are paying a good dividend is because they don't, they're not going to skyrocket to a million dollar company or a million dollar stock. So they have to attract um, buyers, investors with honey, and that honey is the dividend. And the other thing is right now, their overhead is, is pretty cheap. I mean, the production of energy is very cheap right now, and people right. are still using the same amount of electricity, if not a little bit more. Now, right. we do have to think a little bit about corporate um, usage of energy is down right now. So it does kind of even out where your residential production or consumption of energy is a lot higher, but you're getting hit on the backside from corporate use. It's a lot lower. That's interesting that you mentioned that. We talked about that a few shows back about the, the um, energy and utilities stocks, right? And it was something that I was interested in looking into. I actually just sold um, TXI, I believe it was TXI. It was the ETF on a number of different energy uh, sector stocks. It had a pretty good dividend rate. Um, and I you know, sold it for a profitability. I think it was... Uh, Plus, it is a little over 100% or near 100% profitability for the week. So it, it was really nice. Uh, overall, including correction, um, I think I, I did like two, a little over 2%. But besides the point, um, you, could, you could definitely see that sector popping. I mean, petroleum in general. I mean, we had pops last week of like 30, 40, maybe even 50%. I saw one, one stock is like 80% a, a pop. So... I mean, so if you're talking about energy, on. you could definitely have a nice pop. But for the people that are thinking about retirement, I would go into utility, right, not right, right. for a pop, just for right. that consistency. That's a good clarification, right? Because the so barrier to I, entry is so high that it's very difficult for them to get competition and, you know, right. for them to go bankrupt or anything. So for for you listeners, uh, we have different styles of trading, obviously. Um, and for me, it, I I am a trader uh, by heart, so. But I have diversified my portfolios where I could go on an investment long term. Um, so to be able to find out what kind of trader you are or what kind of investor you are or whether you are a trader or an investor is to understand whether you're more prone to taking profits early or taking profits later or letting yourself just coast along along the way and just take profits never. But, you know, position yourself where you can stay profit profitable. Um, and I, I would seek with, with professionals on this, a uh, financial advisor or, or some kind to be able to identify what the difference are with these. Or you could reach out to us directly and we'll answer your questions. Um, as far as the training style that works best, what, uh, I'll ask the both of you about that. Then we'll get into trades, our question and answers, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. But as far as the trading style, uh, I could go with you, Patrick. What type of trading style works best in these type of markets? In this Looking type of charts, market, fundamentals, horses. Well, 
fundamentals right now don't seem like they're holding up that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the best companies are always going to be the best companies, but the market's a little bipolar right now. Um, right. You know, one day it goes up, one day it goes down, which is always the case, obviously, but right now it doesn't know where it wants to go. One day everyone thinks that we're going back to the top, and another day everyone thinks that we're going back down. But you know that they made a lot of studies that just say that uh, historically the best investment strategy is to just consistently buy and not pay too much attention to the um, you know, weekly variations or anything like that. So for people that want to invest long term and aren't active traders, that's just the way to go. Uh, for people right. that want to trade more actively, I mean, there is always uh, what you do, Everson, which is more like momentum trades. Right. How about for you, Max? What do you think the style of trading works best in a market like this? I think I already know the answer. You're a chartist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So right now, fundamentals are out the door. It, it, right. it all depends. You know, if you're going to buy value for a long time, 10, 50 years, then fundamentals are still part of the game because you're going to try right. to project how strong this company is. And even though the market's very volatile right now, you're going to go for the best companies that you see will be here for 10, 15, 20 years. And you're going to model yourself more towards Warren Buffett. So if you want to ask what's the best trading style right now with this crisis going on, to me, it's going to be whatever matches who you are. You know, because you can't make a fundamentals trader someone that's looking for long term and try to turn them into a day trader overnight because that's not going to resonate with who they are Um, right now i think that any type of trader can make money as long as they stay true to like what everson says all the time to his thesis and makes Mm -hmm. the decision based on his the way he's created his machine what i call a machine is the a sum of all your trades and The reason why I call a machine is because you have to make sure that all your trades within your parameters are meeting your risk reward ratios. And through that machine, through the sum of all your trades, you will be profitable as long as you meet your risk and reward, basically. Nice. I like that. We never had an analogy before this, but you you mentioned the machine analogy, so I like it. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Well, I mentioned that in my book. So (laughs) Nice. Uh, Moving forward with the question here, uh, we had a question from one of our viewers that says, uh, how do you use margin, I'm paraphrasing this, margin trades uh, effectively, or how do you use margins in your trades? So I'll go ahead and tackle that question because I use margins uh, very carefully. So what what I would do- Done, answered. (laughs) Right. So what I would do is I would would literally uh, use that margin trade for your safe havens. Or if you start to use the margin for a actual trade, keep it as an actual trade. You don't want to hold long term with that because you're burning, you're, 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 you're paying too much into whatever you're investing into. Um, and, and you kind of want to be able to know the stocks that you're investing in. You don't want to get into something that's too speculative uh, for obvious reasons, right? We, we have a very volatile market. So to be able to use your margin assets or something that's speculative, like a penny stock or some sort, um, it wouldn't be a wise decision for you to do so. I would like to stick with 
uh, good dividend companies that can actually pay out those dividends. Um, and, you know, be, be sure to set your stop losses on, on a lot of these investments uh, or a lot of these trades if you could. Uh, and, and don't hesitate that if you start to lose 10 to 20 percent, um, don't incur more of a loss, you know, suffer, suffer the consequences, take your profits while you can or your losses while you can uh, and, and reduce the size of positions uh, that you, you buy into. So if, uh, I've had a lot of friends that like to get rich quick mentality. So they would, you know, drop 10 to 20 grand into a stock and which is maybe about 50% of their uh, por- or their financial portfolio worthiness. You don't want to do 50%. Um, that, that would not be wise, uh, especially when you're, you don't have the cash to cover. So as long as you have the cash to cover what you're using in the margin, just keep that in mind in your thesis when you're building that. So um, that's all I have for that. We'll get into our personal week, how we did in the week. So I kind of mentioned a little bit. I'll go ahead and start off with this. My personal, uh, my my personal best would probably have happened in my active trading account, which is my speculative account. Uh, I was up about 2.78% on, on that risk uh, speculative account. Uh, like I said, my probably my biggest seller would, would have been uh, PXI with the energy sector. I did pretty good with that. I had a lot of uh, other stocks that had popped. Um, would have been a little higher, but I held because I had time on the... Uh, the options tend to make this mistake sometimes. So uh, I, I need to be a little more careful, but I, I think that we, we ran into a healthy pullback. Um, do I think that we're heading into a bear market? Like uh, you folks have said, I do think that it's healthy to have a bear market, but do, does it, does it dip down into that? I'm a little speculative about it only because we have another plan coming in. Uh, another stimulus plan coming in and a lot of states are mentioning numbers that are dropping in the in the rony rona virus so uh (laughs) as patrick likes to call it i kind of like that name too um but you know as as more positive news comes in uh i I just see and our our north north korean uh, leader has uh, shown face so uh, it's you know good to see him alive. <laughs> so I think that if his sister ran the country, I think we, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but how did you guys do with your trading? I didn't do any trades necessarily with my uh, conservative plays and all of that, my conservative accounts and my growth accounts. So how did you, Max, do with your uh, last week's? So I think uh, last episode we talked a little bit about my transition from oil to silver, and uh, so this past week, uh, you know, I stabilized my position. I actually expanded a lot, and so Everson talked a little bit about margin. Uh, I went all the way into my silver position. It looks uh, very stable. I'm building some pretty good cash flow. Uh, but what happened is uh, since I was basically, instead of being 98% into the position, I was 100% into the position. So I didn't have any extra cash to uh, to make a little bit more money over the weekend like I like to do, especially on the SPY because the SPY uh, has um, expiration every three days, uh, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So what I love to do is create a position that, that gives me all the theta for Saturday, Sunday, and doesn't really give me a lot of exposure to the market wasn't able to do that, but that's okay. You know, I'm going to keep expanding my 
my position in silver. I'm going to dig my my roots pretty deep. Uh, just looking at the silver chart, it looks like uh, I might have to make a little bit of adjustment next week, but that's okay. Nothing serious. Uh, and the thing is, you know, Patrick and I talk a little bit about how silver is compared to oil. It, it's it's pretty boring. You know, I, I'm falling asleep, you know, during the week. Uh, so I think I had entered my position uh, two weeks ago on Wednesday, and I did not make a single adjustment, which for, you know, if you guys know me, like every day I do an adjustment on my position, and I was getting bored. I fell asleep during the week. Uh, I did not make an adjustment until this past Friday, yesterday. That was the first time in, what, nine days that I made an adjustment. Uh, so looking in the future, that's all I'm going to do, just take uh, a little bit more profit from silver. Do you recommend buying the commodity outright over its ETF, SLV? Uh, no, because right now silver is scarce and you're going to get so right now the, the the spot price of silver is a little bit shy of fifteen dollars. Um, the SLV ETF uh, trades about a dollar lower than that. But if you're going to try to buy real silver, you're going to pay eighteen to nineteen dollars. So there's still that price manipulation there. Right. Um, the dealers are just taking opportunity of this situation and saying that everyone's going for silver. In fact, uh, on most dealer websites you can't even pick the type of silver you want it's dealer choice they get to decide which one they give you uh so in terms of buying physical silver even though it makes sense uh the dealers have created a market against you right now so i would stick with the etf for now you would still uh capitalize on this cheap silver once uh you know things cool down in the the physical silver and gold market then you can transfer that etf into physical silver if you wanted to Makes sense. That's a good analogy, or that's a good uh, uh, thought process. Patrick, how about for you? How did you do well, last Well, week? just on the physical silver, I disagree just because of the fact that in a lot of states, you also pay sales taxes, especially sure. if you buy less than $1,000 at a time. Mm -hmm. So with the dealer fees on top of that, storage costs, I don't think right. it's worth it, but I'd stay with the ETF. But yeah, on my hand, I didn't have a very good week. I have to be totally transparent. Uh, last week or a week before, I started talking about XLE, which is an energy ETF. And yeah. I bought just 100 shares, but I picked the worst timing since now looks like it might be tumbling a little bit. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that yet. I set a stop loss a, a few dollars under it so that if it really drops, then, you know, I won't be stuck with it. And I opened a lot of uh, call spreads and put spreads way out of the money about one month out. Just trying to, that's more of a income, like fixed income almost strategy. And like Max, I also did the silver play uh, for this week. And that was pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's not a, a lot of pe people have to understand that some of those plays aren't get rich quick schemes. Like you're not yeah. trying to, you know, when you read forums sometimes, it, it's really exciting when you see uh, people saying that they converted their $10,000 into $100,000 buying options and stuff like that. Yeah. But for every guy that does that, there's 10 other people that lost. So. Right. So a lot of things that I did this week hopefully are going to pan out over the next month, but it's a little too early to tell. 
Right, and we we actually <clears throat> I actually seen that also. I I did invest in the um, ETF for gold GLD, um, and it was doing pretty well. I did I think I did a day trade on it. Um, oh no, I still held my position. So I I positioned out in June for that. So I did I did about a month in advance, and positions looked pretty good. I mean, especially for for working into headwinds of uh, being close to a bo- uh, bear market than than a bull market, then I think your precious commodities. You guys are right. It, it's definitely something to look forward to in the future. Uh, final thoughts before we wrap things up. Any uh, any future trades? Let, let's give me a future trade. Well, we got silver right there for Max. How about for you, Patrick? <laughs> now go ahead, Max. Future trades? Anything? Uh, future trade. If you want to be bearish on the XLE. ETF that Patrick was talking about. It's on an upwards trend right now. It's got a floor, and if it breaks below um, 3541, then you can get into a bearish mode. Nice. Patrick, future trades. Yeah, well, this week I'm thinking about hedging more uh, in case that happens, in case that stock drops and other stocks drops. So I was looking at a leverage ETF. Um, I mean, that's for another story, but just to protect myself a little bit better because we really don't know like the market's so unstable right now um it max was tell, telling us earlier that it might drop more it might go up we're not sure so just want to put a little edge on that and then look for more month month and a half uh plays that's what i'm going to do this week i'm looking at uh pxi gld and also CEQP. So I'm sticking clear to the energy sector. Um, I'm taking a little risk with the uh, Crestwood equities, um, but I, I see a pretty significant decline for that. And I see uh, futures looking pretty promising for that um, Crestwood equity. So I, I'm looking for uh, a good June season for that, uh, especially if the economy starts to open up again. So uh, I'm your host, Everson, and our investors, Max and Patrick, thank you for tuning into this show. We may or may not have cut it a little short. I, I don't know what the time looks like right now, but we were aiming for 45 minutes instead of that full hour. But it's been a pleasure uh, being able to have this show. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. And have a good trading week next week. All right, guys. Have fun. <laughs>